Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. The coronavirus is here, as you well know. Americans and our governments are responding. First responders are responding. Among those first responders is Sergeant Rick Leib with the Will County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant Leib is the Republican nominee to represent the 11th Congressional District. He is endorsed by Illinois Family Action. Sergeant, what a time to enter politics. You earn an upset win in the primary. Now the coronavirus, COVID-19, or the Chinese Communist Party virus. How will this impact your campaign against incumbent liberal Democrat Bill Foster? You know, I've heard over and over in good strategic planning in a campaign is to, you can raise all the money that you want, but you have to knock on doors. You have to make connections with the people. And this is going to damper that because nobody's asking you to knock on doors. They actually ask you not to knock on doors. And if you did knock on doors, people would not come to the door. So we just have to stick to platforms like social media, anything that we can do by mail, any of those kinds of pieces where you're not having that contact, direct human contact with someone. Social media is going to be really big for you right now. It will. It's uh, been helpful for me so far. And people who I know know people who know people. And they just keep passing uh, on messages and emails. And it's been very helpful. And that's what we'll rely on for now. We'll see what happens. Down the road, hopefully in a couple months maybe, you can get out there and knock on some doors. Right, right. As soon as the ban is lifted and we can move forward and the dust settles a little bit and we can have kind of a clearer picture on the threats that are out there, then we can move forward and re-strategize. What's your take on all this government spending in the aftermath of the coronavirus to help the economy turn around? You're a small government guy. You have to be concerned about all this taxpayer money going out. I am concerned. Many of the good policy, conservative policy groups are suggesting for something of this measure is focused, it's temporary, it's transparent, and it's focused directly on the emergency it's intended to deal with. There are other funding that has nothing to do with the coronavirus in it, nothing to do with uh, our physical health and nothing to do with our economic health. Those elements are in there. People should be concerned. Well, at one point, Democrats wanted funding for abortion. So what does that say to you? Other nonsense like that. They either do not have a clear picture of what's at stake, or they're just going to use this to their advantage. The coronavirus story is still unfolding. But as a first responder, what are we learning about future preparedness? You know, I think this should be a cue for people. Um, As a first responder and not as a first responder, one of my central themes in my campaign is less government, more self-reliance. People should be more self-reliant. Any kind of financial peace class you take, any financial wellness class, any financial preparedness class you're going to take, there's always going to be some recommendation for emergency funds or rainy day funds. And we're seeing now that people need to have that. They need to have that on hand because when things come to a stop, potentially they come to a grinding halt very quickly without any notice, without any warning. And so we're finding that people uh, do not have not made the plans, have not made those kind of prepared steps. And so this should be a cue in the future. We should be looking forward to doing things like that and not relying on the government. But it's hard to save money, especially here in Illinois, when the tax man cometh. We already know what it takes to produce a healthy economy. 
it's not just reducing the taxes. It's providing incentives for employers to hire, to go into business. These are all types of things to deregulate the economy, remove barriers to growth. Uh, yeah, barriers to growth. But we already know what it takes to uh, produce a healthy economy. They can reduce taxes. The government can do that. They can reduce taxes. They can deregulate the economy. They can remove restrictions. Any kind of barriers to growth can be removed out of the way, and that will produce a healthy economy. So we already know what it takes to do those kind of things. One of the issues that's been brought up since the big outbreak of the coronavirus is the fact that a lot of our pharmaceuticals are actually manufactured in China, even military equipment. It would seem like a great idea to make sure that those essentials are manufactured here in the U.S. Absolutely. It's the purpose of government to provide for true freedom and to restrain evil. We want to be self-reliant, but we still need to have government, and they're in a unique position to provide freedom and to restrain evil. And they cannot do that as well as they could if they're under the protection, if they're under the power, if they're under the control of these other countries. It would behoove us to be more independent, yes. like our founding fathers intended. Yes, that's correct. That's what we're designed to do. We should be self-sufficient. So by and large, you approve of the governor's response to the corona outbreak. But it's a little curious that Planned Parenthood is still open uh, during this outbreak, and uh, you can still pick up pot at the pot shop. Your take. So that's where the governor and I would disagree. He took swift action. He took immediate action that was healthy and that was good. We didn't know the state of how things were developing, and so he took the action I think it was appropriate. Where we disagree, what's necessary. So he says, all right, the best way to keep the spread is to distance individuals from each other. All right, so we need to shut everything down and people need to stay home. Then you go from that to, well, we can't shut everything down. We have to keep essential services open. All right, then we go to, from there, what are essential services? And now we're starting to list the things that you just recommended, uh, indicated before. And I don't know why that's essential services. I don't know why they're open in the first place. We want to see them temporarily shut down. This is a perfect time to close them down. But they're staying open. So he, he and I are in disagreement about that. During the shutdown, will officers be issuing citations for people out on the road who might not be going to the grocery store, et cetera? Well, nothing has changed as far as law enforcement is concerned. Uh, they, law enforcement has a long and a very rich history of responding to emergencies and going into areas that are far more dangerous than what we're seeing right now. And so they will continue to enforce the laws. How can the public help keep first responders safe? By keeping themselves safe, staying home. Everything keeps coming down to that this coronavirus is something that you can catch. So we want to protect our own immune system. Everything that we've always said, wash your hands, get the rest, watch your stress, uh, maintain your diet, drink the green tea, uh, eat the blueberries, all of the things that will keep your health up and will prevent, it won't make you impervious to this, but it will help and that's really what you can do to help because look at this when we have blizzards and they say, please stay off the roads. And it's always the someone who says, well, my task, my errand is important, I have to go do it. And then they get into an accident or they get stuck and then it draws all of the police to that, to that person. So you can help by staying home, by taking care of yourselves. And another way to help these first responders is to pray for them, especially now. So we can pray for them health, pray for their health. Uh, we want to uh, pray for their well-being, 
there is so much that's happening and yet the numbers are still very good. The numbers are still on our side. But that doesn't remove the potential threat. And I think that's what presses on people. Not only that, police officers are used to dealing with stressful situations, but families aren't. This is different. And so all of these police officers are connected to families as well. So you want to pray for not only the police officers, but whatever support system they have. Their families, uh, their schools are shut down. So this brings another kind of level of stress on the police officers' families. So there's lots to be praying for for our police officers. Much of our discussion here is focused on the coronavirus and how the state and the federal government are responding. Churches during this outbreak are shut down, a lot of them streaming and what have you. But there comes a point in time where they're going to say, we don't want to get members of our congregation used to the idea of just staying at home, not giving, and not joining together in fellowship. And you can make a case that... Well, this inhibits the free exercise of religion. That's a, that's an interesting question because, um, as you say, all the churches are dealing with it. I even know my own church, our uh, leadership is dealing with this as well. And they're not just dealing with it, but they're wrestling with it. And I think that's what people do. They wrestle with things when they don't have clear answers. They know it's healthy for churches to get together. They know it's good for the congregants to meet. They know it's healthy for us to, and easier for us to get together and place our under the obedience of Scripture when we're together, when we're encouraged by each other. We're called to do that. But these are special circumstances. So we just want to encourage uh, our churches and our congregants to be thinking in terms of boundaries. What are the boundaries that are out there? No one is telling us to not meet for X reason. They're not telling us not to meet because church isn't healthy, or they're saying that church gets in the way of things, or church is bringing on advancing the coronavirus. We're trying to stop something here, and the best way to do this is to shut down the contact. So we're still kind of in the middle of things, but we're wrestling with the best way to go about moving forward. And so we're saying, well, what can we do? We want to place ourselves under the obedience and of our government. They've asked us to reduce our contact with each other. And so this smacks uh, right in the morning of our Sunday morning services. So we want to wrestle with this question. So should churches, faith-based schools, comply with the government's shutdown order? I think so, because they've not given us a reason to think otherwise. We know that, the, as I indicated earlier, the governor is going on, he's doing press releases every day. We're getting new information every day. When there's some kind of separation and we say, okay, now we can start to question his motivation, it's outside of the boundaries of what would be healthy for our community, would be healthy for our culture, uh, then we start to reevaluate and start to say, okay, well, then why are we, where are these rules coming from? But right now, we want to place ourselves under the obedience of government. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Sergeant Rick Leib with the Will County Sheriff's Department, the Republican candidate for Congress in the 11th District. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. My latest book, God's Hand on America, bears a title that could be understood now in a totally different context, seeing God's hand as the source of national punishment, not protection. Believers on all sides cite reasons for retribution, on the left for racism and social injustice, on the right for disregard for marriage and human life. But I am confident the Lord will continue to use this nation for all its imperfections as the greatest available instrument for human betterment and advancement 
advancement of decency and liberty. The grave coronavirus crisis may yet uplift America, providing perspective on homeschool, work, and faith that encourages timeless and constructive values. In his 1957 novel, The Plague, Nobel Prize winner Albert Camus wrote, the same pestilence which is slaying you works for your good and points your path. I'm Michael Medved. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here. I'm joined by Sergeant Rick Leib with the Will County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant Leib is the Republican nominee for Congress. He wants to represent the 11th District. That entails Joliet, Naperville, Bolingbrook. Shanahan, parts of New Lenox, parts of uh, Plainfield. It's very mysterious lines there, but it's got a good sampling there. And you actually live in the district. I do, I do. I live in Joliet. An upset win in the Republican primary on a shoestring budget. How did that happen? First of all, it was an answer to prayer. That's I was praying for a win, and I wasn't by myself either. I had a whole prayer team. I had people who wanted to help, who said they wanted to help, um, they wanted to contribute, but they couldn't knock on doors, they couldn't give financially, and they said, you know, I'd be happy to pray for you, as if that was kind of like the side option. I'd be, you know, sheepishly, we, we could pray for you. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to take your prayers. And I had so many people that would say that to me that I kind of mobilized them. So I had an email group, and when things were coming up, I would ask them to be praying for me, and then just be praying for the campaign as it was going, and, and we just kept going on. So that was, that was an answer to prayer. So... Your path to victory in November against entrenched liberal Democrat Bill Foster, who has a lot of campaign cash to work right. with. Right. I am not convinced anymore that money is going to be the answer, just based on my last win. I'm not saying just because I have a prayer team that I'm going to win again. We'll continue to apply ourselves. We'll work hard and we will move forward best we can. But I'm not intimidated by these other factors. So let's say you win in November take office in January. A few weeks later, the Republican House leadership wants your vote on a big omnibus federal government funding bill. That includes taxpayer dollars for a lot of good things. But in a deal with Democrats, it also includes money for Planned Parenthood. How do you vote? I, no, we can't. No, the answer is no. I do not know why we're making these concessions. We can't keep making these concessions. We have to decide what's important. They can say, Look, let's say that this omnibus bill has lots of healthy things and lots of good things and will bring lots of great things to our economy. But we don't have anybody who's alive to enjoy it. That just seems crazy reasoning. I do not know why that people would struggle with that decision. So the answer is no. We cannot move forward. We cannot advance Planned Parenthood. That is the opposite direction of where we should be working with this institution. Think about if the issue was slavery. There was a good bill out there that had lots of good things for the public, but it included money for the expansion of slavery. Would you think twice about it? I don't know why just a little bit of bad is okay. Where are we, where are we getting this idea that just a little bit of sin is okay, a little bit of evil is okay? If somebody says, I'm going to uh, deviate from the rules, but just a little bit, this is not acceptable. We cannot move forward. We can, this cannot happen. This cannot be acceptable. Do you think we need a federal Defense of Marriage Act that protects against multi-partner marriage that would limit marriage between two human beings. 
So I don't think it's a tough question. Uh, I don't know why we have not defined that marriage between, it seems like that we have defined that. We've defined it biblically, we've defined it scripturally, the laws have allowed it, the culture has seen the benefits of a one man, one woman marriage. But it's not federal, so let's make it federal. Let's clear this off the books and let's remove the doubt. Let's move forward with that. I've knocked on some doors for some candidates, including you, and one issue that a lot of even real conservative voters are concerned about is health care. And, you know, the Democrats always put that out there, that they're going to protect health care, et cetera. What do you think needs to be done to make health care more affordable? The government can do something to make, to make health care more affordable, and that is to get out of the health care business. There, you're not going to convince me that individuals cannot work with their doctors and come up with a better plan than getting the government involved. If the government gets out of health care, it will decrease the cost of health care, and people will get better health care when they're working exclusively with their own health care providers and not having the government coming in, offering to pay for it, offering to make recommendations. They need to get out of the health care business. So Medicare for all is a bad idea? I understand that people have paid into Medicare. I understand that. Uh, people are relying on that. So to completely abandon, cut it off, I understand there's going to be problems there. But we are running in the opposite direction. We need to say, okay, we need to imagine what it would look like for the government to get out of health care. Medicare for all is not going to be the answer. Rick, I wish we had more time, but I'd like to let people know about how they can connect with you in your campaign. Certainly. They can do that in two different ways. They can look for me online at ricklaib2020.com, rick, L-A-I-B, 2020.com, or they can find me on Facebook, ricklaib411. Uh, not hard to find. There's not a lot of Rick Libs out there, so it's pretty easy to find online. All right, and you may be out patrolling the streets and uh, keeping us safe. You'll see me around. You can always wave, right? All right. And remember to pray for you and other first responders. Absolutely. Uh, we're not going to be in a position with any kind of government resolution here that we still should not be praying for our first responders. So it always encouraged that to be thinking about the people. All right. Thank you so much, Rick. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. Uh, please support the work of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. Tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.